Good morning, grind. This is the daily podcast about productivity lessons, everyday hustle, and here I'm journaling everyday journey step by step to how to become financially independent. Today, we're going to talk about two things. First, as always, I talk about the book that I'm reading and take the key learnings from there and share with you because I know reading or listening to a podcast is a sacrifice and instead of listening to music and just zoning out, you decided to learn uh, to learn something, uh, to listen to something, um, something, something useful for your brain. That's why I want to make sure this, this time is as useful for you as possible, because life is all about value, right? And time is money. So I live by the by this motto, you know, everyday hustle is my is my motto. And here we're also optimized to to achieve as much as possible because perhaps you have a chip on your shoulder and uh, in the shortest period of time, you know, you also wanna live and enjoy life to the fullest and and yeah. So today I wanted to talk about two things. Um being different, the Delta, being staying in Delta. And uh, the book, I think I'll start with the book because uh, the, the second part is actually pretty interesting and has uh, a couple parts to it as well. And I have a personal story to share of how I moved to New York when I was 19. And um, crazy, wild shit was happening. And uh, it was the best decision ever. Today I'm 25, I'm still now due to that experience. And I'm thinking of, going back and uh, reliving or creating new memories and more, even more exciting. And now since I'm no, not, not poor anymore, well, I'm still poor by New York standards, but at least I'm not, you know, I don't need to live from pay to, from paycheck to paycheck and eat McDonald's every single day. But um, with the book, so reading four hour work week, uh, probably like, um, like 70% done with it. Great learnings, especially to how to automate life and how to really, how to basically get done more in a less period of time. And if you've been listening for the past few episodes, you know that I've been saying that, uh, or I've been reading from the book is uh, to automate your life, to outsource certain things. And I actually been applying these rules to my uh, own life. You know, do you, I could have listened to the whole book in one day, just played at a 1.5 speed. But I decided to take this one a bit slower because this one has a lot of value to it. And like, you gotta apply to it. Like, uh, you gotta, yeah, like I'm, re- I'm listening to it and I'm talking about it every single day. And as a result, I'm, I'm observing it a little better. And um, some of the latest things I have applied is uh, hiring a personal assistant to do the jobs or the tasks for me that uh, require a lot of time, but are not very, um, bring a lot of like outcome. It's like, life is like 80, like it's 80, 20 rule, right? You do 20% of your work, bring 80% of the outcome. And so I would rather focus on that twenty percent and the rest of the eighty percent of the work that bring eighty uh that bring twenty percent of outcome uh could be outsourced. And so um I sent yesterday a video to the potential personal assistant versus um 
slash social assistant, whatever. I didn't really come up with the proper title for her, but because it's she would be incorporate. Well, she would be working for my company. I don't want to say, oh, you only work for me. I want to make it sound a little more official. Um, and obviously, tasks are uh, done accordingly. So I'm going to see what she is going to reply uh, in the next couple of days. If it's a yes, then great. If not, uh, I will also spend today. Today's a Saturday for me. We'll spend a couple of day, uh, a couple hours, not a couple hours, no. Uh, we're about four hour work week life, right? I'm going to, so I'm not going to judge my work today by number of hours, but by the outcome. So I'm going to email three different agencies and uh, three different um private kind of service providers, uh, private uh, potential uh, personal assistant, and I will provide them with the tasks or like the examples, what it would look like, and then um, kind of get their experience and understand what they're about. Because because the tasks are pretty simple. It's, it's like business intelligence and admin work, which is scheduling, well, well sending the email to schedule stuff and... Um, doing the email outreach, engaging on social media, and then organizing uh, things and then uh, finding the contacts that I need them to find. So that's pretty exciting. I'm going to see what, what's going to happen. But either way, I will I'll have someone, either it's going to be through the agency or that girl that I sent it to. Um, so that's the first step, probably the first proper step I took to towards the automating my life. Then another thing is I created Calendly, uh, which is, which is a page where it's, you you have your own page that you can share with everyone, uh, where you where people can book a time with you. They can basically see what availability you have in your calendar. And uh, so you don't need to do back and forth emails just to schedule, any, uh, schedule a call, let's say. So so this is, saves a lot of time. I created that and I, I've used it before. Uh, when it was sent to me by other people, now I'm gonna use it by myself. Uh, like, in fact, already someone has scheduled something with me because, yeah, someone on Twitter reached out and instead of just going back and forth, this barrier, by the way, I actually realized when you know it requires you to do several messages or emails, you in the first place wouldn't even, or you would think twice of uh, about replying to, to the person. Um, and then, and then, yeah, like I replied and, and then, yeah, it just, and, uh, because I knew that this would not require a lot of time, send the link. I'm like, yeah, awesome. Let, let's do this. Um, here's the link to cho choose whatever, pick whatever time works best for you and let's do the call. Cool. Scheduled. And you know, like when I have a person assistant to do that for me at Valium, let's say she can schedule 10 calls a day. Well, not necessarily I don't need 10 calls a day, but 10 calls a week, let's say, that's great. It's great for networking, which is probably one of the biggest uh, tasks and objectives I have for this year, is to expand my professional network. And uh, and yeah, so like this link is super useful. So if you're about that life, if you want to save a lot of time for yourself, create a Calendly uh, link for yourself and um, so people can book an appointment with you uh, at their own convenience. Um, so that is uh, very convenient, really love it. Um, and so now today in the morning, I'm now drinking coffee. Uh, I I was listening to, to Tim Ferriss, Tim Ferriss telling stories of traveling. Uh, 
how traveling really energizes you and uh, gives you the energy to it kind of re-energizes you. It's like a start button. And when you travel to somewhere and you stay there for, let's say, a few weeks, it really it really makes you like a different person. And um, it's uh, traveling to another country is an amazing experience. And not as a tourist and stay there like for a week, but like for a longer period of time when you try to shop when you you like live in airbnb or couch surfing and you shop like a, a local and you you go to local places and not the tourist places and that's like the best thing ever because when i was 19 i well are we going into the um Sure, we are. We're doing this. So yeah, Tim Ferriss is talking about travel. When I was 19, I basically decided to move to New York City. That was one year after I started learning English. Why I wanted to move to New York is actually connected with the be different part of this episode. But it's basically New York is so big and New York is so vibrant and so so much shit is happening. Amazing shit happening there. And uh, it's also very different. And it was basically my dream. I, I knew that like I wanted to go there and I wanted to experience it. And so when I uh, w- came there for the first time, I was clueless. I didn't know anyone in the country. I was on a tourist visa. I was not really, I didn't, I didn't do it the expat way. I did it the uh, illegal immigrant type of way. So I... I basically started working first uh, painting walls. I found, found like in the newspaper that you can paint walls in like someone's house for like $12 an hour. So I did that for like a week or even less Then I was basically fired. But like how it happened is like, I remember the the guy who was running the whole thing. He told me, look, you're, you're a smart guy. Like you, you're doing like, you know, you're like, you're too smart for this, basically. He is like, but you're terrible at painting walls. And, you know, when I was, I called uh, through the, through the advertisement, I said, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm great at painting, you know, like I'm coming for, just came from my country and uh, I was just painting there. That, that was like my main thing. So it's cool. <laughs> and that, that's why I was hired. And then I guess real, they realized that I was a schmack at painting walls and, uh, Yeah, long story short, then I started doing tattoos uh, through uh, Craigslist in Harlem. Um, that was a great gig. Uh, I was also kind of, well, who gets tattoos through Craigslist anyway? Don't do that. And uh, I was practicing on my leg first, and then I was like ready to go. And um, it was good. I, there are quite few, there are probably 100 people in New York now walking with my tattoos. And uh a different type of people like some are like gangbangers some are um military people it's uh it's an interesting experience um i was mainly getting paid with weed so that definitely didn't um didn't benefit me too much and so that was kind of that then i started working at a fashion studio where like that was like a proper beginning where, where i started meeting like uh good luxurious well not luxurious like posh people in the upper west side and it was great and it was that was the beginning to kind of like my high life or like that was that was the beginning to 
to my exit of the poverty, even though I'm still not too far from there. Uh, that's when I met uh, a person with whom I started later a business, and uh, that business failed a year later, but what we've accomplished with that business opened the world of new opportunities. Then I moved to, to I'm not sure if I mentioned uh, where in Asia, I believe. So for the sake of keeping it anonymous and uh, low-key and that no one knows who I am, I will, I will not say where it is, but I moved to Asia for two years. It was fucking phenomenal experience, but I was complaining uh, for, I just was, I, I guess I didn't appreciate it as much. I was just a young guy, but I did learn a lot and I did progress a lot. And then I moved to New York. I've been, uh, I mean, then I moved to London, sorry. Uh, now I've been in London for, shit, it's soon approaching two years as well, a year and a half. Um, it's been great. Uh, I've, because of my previous experience in Asia and then in New York, I could position my New York experience as entrepreneurial experience and as a uh, hustler experience. I was, I was able to find a job within a month, um, like a very, like, good paying job then now i just like a, like three weeks ago i switched my job now i'm getting paid like 55 grand as a 25 year old who doesn't have a bachelor's degree or didn't go to university and who like it's it's pretty cool but yeah so <laughs> i <laughs> it's funny how i basically left the traveling uh, area so Tim Ferriss was talking well what I was trying to say is that I moved to New York with nothing and it was I first started with like couch sur couch surfing which is like a free place where like the locals can host you for for a couple of days or uh, you know I ended up staying at one's house like for for a few weeks and uh, where I'm going with this is traveling shouldn't be expensive and it's not expensive Especially if you live like in a, in a in in the states, it's um, you you can, Tim Ferriss was, was making examples of how you can, uh, live in Berlin or in Argentina for like one tenth of a price, or like in Argentina particularly, you can get a, Fifth Avenue type of penthouse with the private security and the cleaners, in um in Argentina for like five hundred bucks, and I know he was talking, this like it's a twelve year old. This information is like twelve years old, but it's still, it's still valid. I'm sure like now the price probably are closer to like one thousand twelve hundred or something like that, but it's still valid. Like I've, I mean, I lived in New York like a schmack, like I was eating McDonald's, didn't have no money. I was living from paycheck to paycheck, from Friday to Friday, and I was eating McDonald's for the most part, but I. That was a fucking phenomenal experience. You know, if I could... Well, now I'm 25. Like, I don't want to... Well, I, I've been there, done that now. But, like, if I wanted to travel, money would be my last excuse now. Because when I moved to London from Asia, I had $500 in my pocket. So I had to real quick figure out where I would live and stuff like that. I remember I moved in into Airbnb in, um, in Camden, in London. It was a room with uh, three bunk beds. 
So I lived with five other people in the room and they were all basically backpackers so who just traveled around the world. And you know what? I stayed in that uh, apartment like for probably three months, three, uh, three, my, or maybe even four months. My first four months in the country, it was, it's just a little inconvenience. It was hard to to hook up with people because you can you don't really want to tell everyone that you you stay you know in a shared room uh but the location was great nonetheless i've uh, i've brought there quite few tinder dates um while no one was in the room we just quickly fucked and left on someone else's bed because i had like a top uh bed um, then I remember I hooked up with a girl uh, from Argentina, actually. Was she from Argentina? I think she was from Argentina. Um, she, we were staying in the same room, and it happened that no one else was staying in the room. So um, that was that was fun. That was um, the guy who was living basically in another room in the same apartment. That was kind of like a kind of house, like a townhouse. And uh, I became friends with him, and it was like in Central Camden, basically very good location. Uh, it's like very fun location, very like chill, and it was a great experience. So, what I'm trying to say here is, travel is fucking incredible. I remember I once also moved from New- when I got tired of New York, painting walls in New York. I moved to LA for like three three weeks. Yeah, something maybe like a month or something. Um, if you can call it a move, my intention was like, fuck it, New York is too tough. I'm going to go to LA. And so I went to LA, stayed also in a shared room, uh, in Hollywood through Airbnb. I found a guy who was subletting basically his room. Um, and I was staying in that room. It was Vine Street, which is like a central Hollywood, which is like the hotspot, uh, paying probably like $20 a night and we just yeah we just like party with everyone and like just enjoy it and like live really like the high life without being <laughs> the the high life like I remember like I was just like a 19 year old kid who who did his haircut on his own like with a like like beard trimmer like that's like that was my thing like I would just do my haircut like I'm, I was coming pretty much like with from not a place like a very fashionable place and I didn't care much and I didn't have much money to, to flex on that. But I was living the high life. And that was, you know, so traveling is phenomenal. And so, but traveling, what Tim Ferriss is saying is, can be also like more practical. Say you want to learn Spanish. You can go to Argentina and learn, get Spanish lessons for like $5 an hour. Or you can fix your teeth in Turkey for much cheaper. I, for example, want to do a, a LASIK, which is an eye surgery, in um, in, in Vilnius, which is um, fuck, Lithuania. No, Latvia. I believe it's Latvia. Uh, that's where my best friend and his whole family have done it, and it's a it's a legit place in. In London, it costs to get LASIK, uh, like almost three grand, uh, could be even more. In in the in Vilnius, in uh, Latvia or Lithuania, it costs um, it costs less than a grand, and you can fly from London for like sometimes for thirty pounds. So and say you get a hotel and 
this and that and you party and stuff like that say you spend two hundred dollars on the flight and stay there for a few days and they get surgery it's still like one one third of a price so and on top of that it's like much better experience and the second part, so go go travel. That's my very first fucking advice. That was the best thing I did to educate myself and learn as a uh, like and develop as a as a man because I don't have like a former educate like a proper education. Um, I remember when I was also like eighteen, I um, I traveled through Europe uh, by trains. The funny thing is, I did not have any money. So I would get on the train and I I basically would go to the bathroom for the first 30 minutes of the ride and then get out because the, in the first 30 minutes they checked the, the, the tickets and I had the sleeping bag with me. So I would sleep in, you know, places like in front of, well, not in front of Eiffel Tower, but there is like a park next to Eiffel Tower. I would sleep there. Um, I, w I would basically travel the whole year, like in Denmark and Germany and the, the Netherlands and pretty much everywhere. And it's for free. Now, looking back at it, it's like, that's pimp. That's cool. And the people I was meeting, the, I'm still uh, close with some of them. And it's the experience of it. Like I had sex in, in Paris, like on the street. Like, fuck that. Like that, that is romantic, you know, like that is not the experience money can buy. So go travel if you haven't traveled. If you feel like you're uh, stuck at work and your life is not going anywhere and you hate yourself, go travel. It's cheaper. You'll come back. And if you have a to quit a job, you'll you'll come back and uh, it will be easier for you to, to find a job because you'll say, I'm coming from this trip and, uh, you know, I had to take a break from, well, like, from work and life is like, you know, when, if not now, and... People will be, instead of questioning you about your work experience, they'll be fascinated and jealous about, well, and envious about your uh, your adventures. And that really opens the doors for you. But and next part is being different. And that actually, these two are quite connected. Look, when you have these stories, as I said, like in the job interview, people would ask you more and people would, it would stay in people's mind more that you did this all, all cool stuff rather than academic, academic experience, uh, achievements. Um, because if, if I'm applying for a job and I'm competing with a Harvard degree and I have like a Yale degree, like that's a fucking competition. But if I'm applying for a job and there is a Harvard uh, kid and there is me, there's a very high chance I will get the job because because my experience is fucking unorthodox. And that is the most, like, that is, like, fascinating uh, part. That, that's what, like, I, I know, like, I've been interviewing, like, I've been, like, I've been interviewing employers uh, because because of my experience. Because the, uh, they're, like, oh, I'm from New York or this and that. We, we chat about New York. We, we, we didn't talk about anything else. Like... And that different applies to everything else in life. It's not just about, like, it's not the cliche saying, but, like, being different is the, the structure of our society. It's like, this is how the hierarchy of our society done. And I will start from the beginning. 
to win in life, you got to be different. You got to stand out because when you stand out, people think of you more and say people have a problem, like people need to, to do marketing. So, and because you stand out all the time and they need marketing, they think of you, you're the first person. But if you blend in with the, with the, with the mass, then like, how else would they think of you? How would they, what do they, what would they remember you by? And so to win in life, you got to be different. But how are you going to be different? To be different, you can just be you. You feel me? If you're you, you're already different. There's no copy of you unless you're copying other people. But if you're you, then you're different. And that means you you already have it to, to achieve in life. I remember I used to pretend that like I'm from this country because I was afraid of my real origin. And uh, I was trying to behave or be posh, but I subconscious like then like I was trying to basically fit in. But I realized that when I stopped fitting in, like that's the most fucking interesting story because when I try to fit in, I'm as everyone else. And my everyone else story is not as good as their story. So when I'm different though, you can't compare me with no one. That's the cool thing about it. So when you're you people will like you more it's and when when you do that try to overemphasize certain things because that's kind of like that's the the art part of it i i always had like my go-to book my my kind of bible that i always keep and that i have on my kindle and my and the hard copy is the 48 rules of power it's uh there's a rule it says, court attention at all cost. And that's pretty much what I'm saying. Find a way to stand out visually or that you sound like as much as possible. Because attention buys you the place in the society and the structure and when you stand out, that means you will be more successful. Obviously, if you're good at something or if you just stand out like without hurting anyone. And that's like, that's the beauty of it. Like, I, I know I'm, I might sound lame and cliche, but standing out is... Uh, is the place for yourself is the way to, for yourself to earn a place in the society. How I usually do this with the businesses and and everything I do and I create and how I behave. I usually like I like visual stuff. I'm I'm pretty blind. I'm, I have glasses. I like like bright colors. I like things that stand out. Um, and these things are memorable. Look, we know Lady Gaga by their by her like ham dress. Like, you wouldn't now even think of Lady Gaga if it wasn't for uh, the ham dress. And then she benefits from that. She earns money from that. And I'm not saying you're going to wear a ham dress. Although if you do, you definitely will earn attention. People will remember you. But you can make your work stand out like that. If you create art, make something fucking outstanding, like l loud. You wear something, wear something loud. Like, 
your face doesn't have any memorable features, wear fucking red glasses or yellow glasses, like Seth Godin, which is like the, the god of email marketing, who invented email marketing. You could under, understand. And by the way, the, the Delta, the being different. Actually, first I got this idea from him. I have his newsletter and recently I received about the pain delta. Um, it's it's genius. Like, if you understand how the world works, you must be working on how to get attention now. And I remember, like, I started actually notice recently I stopped giving fucks about what people think about me or around me. Uh, I kind of like, you know, uh, my goal was to, to be already like a bridge at 25 and, uh, you know, I'm not rich yet. I have low f five figures, um, and but I'm not rich yet. So I now kind of, I quit also this job where I, I felt like I need to behave. Well, no, I wasn't really behaving much, but now I really don't give a fuck. Like I, I basically... You know, when I want to do something with someone, I send them emails. And before that, I would be like very polite and stuff like that. And just send them once. And if they don't reply, then it's cool, you know, like next time then. Or, you know, I get it. I'm going to respect your privacy. Now I send emails until like you either answer to me, you say, hey, stop. Or then we start working together. Like now I just like stop giving fuck. Okay, like you... If I send you too many emails and then like tell me to fuck off, well, I'm gonna just keep going. You know I wanna work with you, and what I've noticed is actually the, that persistence often works. Like there was one of the emails I recently sent. It was like a third email. I said, "Hey, listen, it's cool. You must be busy and stuff." Um, I don't remember the structure, but it's cool. You're busy and stuff, but. I, I, oh, I wanted to work for a person. I said, look, I don't know what you think. Here's what I'm good at. I get shit done. I know you need, uh, need this done. Let me know if you're not looking now, but don't ignore me because I think there was some, some basically struct a cool structure to it. And she replied and said, hey, thanks for reaching out. And I love the persistence. I like the, the grind. Unfortunately, I'm not looking now because of this and that. But let's stay connected and we, we talk. Boom. Otherwise, I would never even get touched. So I kind of like stop giving fuck, uh, fucks now anymore. In fact, like I now want to get, I might get today a nose ring. I used to have like a nose piercing and then I removed it because I wanted to be uh, more fit in. No, I don't give a fuck. And also I want to stand out no more. I want to be as loud as possible. And look at Kanye. Look at fucking Kanye. So give fucking attention, steal attention because attention is currency, social currency that buys you access to places. And in places you can, you can, you can sell something. You can sell your services or products. And or build partnerships and relationships that are crucial. So go get it, go get attention, and uh, I'll catch you tomorrow. Uh, that was Good Morning Grind. And if you have any questions or you want to chat about this, Twitter me, uh, tweet me at uh, GM Grind. Peace.